Well, praise the Lord. Once again, Pastor Jerry, bringing the Word of God to you. Amen. We're going to kind of jump right back into the book of Acts again, bring out one of those uh, anointed principles of God. Praise the Lord. Today, I'm going to talk about impacting our generation. Praise God. Because uh, to me, that's, that's pretty key. We've got to be willing on the inside to make a difference everywhere we go. Praise God. And, you know, for whatever it's worth, you know, this may not be the last generation, but it's our last generation. Amen. And we're called to make a difference right where we're at. Praise God. Anyway, enough said. Let's get in the book of Acts in chapter 13, please. Acts and 13. And what we have uh, for you is I'm going to talk about Paul for the most part today. Maybe take a little break in the midst of it, talk a little bit about uh, King David. But right now, uh, Brother Paul is getting ready to speak. I'm in chapter 13 and verse 16, and it said, Then Paul stood up. Now, what he's doing right at this moment is he's taking advantage of the opportunity that's been given to him. He's in Antioch, or, uh, yeah, Antioch is where he is here. Um, so he's in Antioch, and he's basically, uh, they've been spreading the gospel, and he gets an opportunity, amen, to, uh, to speak. And so that's where he's just going to jump on it, praise God. So he stands up and he says, and he motions with his hand and said, Men of Israel, you who fear God, listen. I love it. I mean, it's just a great tactic if he's kind of stopping you think about it because he's basically saying, if you fear God, then listen up. Well, then nobody in there is going to say, well, I don't fear God, you know what I mean? So they're all like, well, okay, you know, so it's a pretty good, oper you know, pretty good way to, or a tactic maybe I could say, amen, to uh, get people to listen up and take heed to it. Even if they didn't you know, like how he did it, they're more apt to stop and listen because he got their attention, praise God. So he says this, The God of this people Israel chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt. And with an uplifted arm, he brought them out of it. Now for a time of about 40 years, he put up with their ways in the wilderness. Of course, he's talking about the children of Israel of yesteryear, right? And when he had destroyed uh, seven nations in the land of Canaan, he distributed their land to them uh, by allotment. Of course, now, so he real briefly shot through everything about Moses, everything through Joshua, all right? After that, verse 20, he gave them judges uh, for about 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And afterward, they asked for a king. So God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, okay, a man of the tribe of Benjamin for 40 years. And when he had removed him, I see we're kind of speeding through everything real quick here. He raised up for them David as king, to whom he also gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. So let's back up in this verse a little bit. He raised up for them David. So here we got a man named uh, uh, Saul who's ministering the gospel, praise God, finding every way and any way he can to get the word across. And that's what we're going to find out through the course of, of today's lesson. Amen. But he's in the middle of it. He's talking about a man named David. He kind of spends a little time with David. And he says here that David was raised up. Now, you know as well as I do, uh, the children of Israel wanted a king, uh, but he, he wanted to be their king. But they said, no, we want a king like every other nation. So, of course, they raised up Saul. And he kind of warned him. He said, you know, this ain't going to work, you know going to be trouble, Bubba. Well, there was, right? We had a lot of issues. So, okay, so he's removed. David's raised up, praise God. And it said that they, he was raised up for them. Amen. Which just literally means from obscurity, raised up from obscurity or, or something hidden, trivial, or insignificant, which is going to be make a key here. In other words, God is showing to them and going to show even us through the rest of this today. 
Amen. That God can use anybody if they'll let him, uh, let him use them. All right. Amen. God can flow through you, work through you to change a nation, praise God, to change a people, to change your communities. Amen. Your schools, your churches. Amen. Just on and on. Your workplace. Amen. God has made you to be a difference maker, right? An atmosphere adjuster, an environment influencer, praise God, a suburb swear, community changer, praise God, a difference maker. That's what God has made us to be, praise God. Well, Saul here, uh, or Paul, I should say, his name was changed to Paul. Paul begins to talk to him about this man named David. Well, David was raised up from obscurity. He was raised up from nothing, praise God. Amen. Remember, he was the, the little shepherd boy on the back of the field. You know, when everybody else was coming up before the prophet of God to see who's going to reign, amen, or who's going to rule, praise God. He went through one by one. No, nope, not that one, not this one, not that one. Well, man, you got to have at least another son out there somewhere. He says, well, I do. On the back side of the hill, praise God. The guy out there herding sheep, amen. Well, guess what? That's the one God chose, amen. So he raised up for them David as king to whom he gave testimony or a witness or providing evidence. And he said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Amen. That's about or according to my own heart, praise God, who will do all my will. Now I'm going to do a little bit of word study on a few verses here today, just to kind of make my point. This word here at the end of this uh, sentence here, it says, who will do, amen, who will do all my will. Who will do? Now that word there, who will do, is poeo, which is the Greek word, which just means shall fulfill, carry out, complete, or to execute or commit without any delay. In other words, who's going to do this? He's a man from my own heart who will do. Amen. Without delay, will do what I ask him to do, praise God. He's not going to wait around. He's not looking for any excuse. He's quick to do. That's why, that's why David uh, was a man after God's own heart is because he was quick to do what God began to talk to him about. Amen. A man who will do all my will. Now, there's that word will, W-I-L-L, is a different Greek word. It just means, it's the Greek word thalima, okay, which means desire or pleasure, choice, determination. And it literally means uh, that which is done regardless of the conditions. Okay. So he says, who will do my will, who will execute Walk out my will, amen. In other words, what I'm determined to do, what I need to have done. In other words, he's quick to do what I ask him to do. It's just what it's saying there, all right? Now, let's skip down through here and pick up at the end of this. We're talking about David here in verse 36, all right? Hope you got an ear to hear today, praise God, all right? Praise God. All right, so Acts 13, verse 36 says, For David, after he had served his own generation, by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers, and saw corruption. In other words, he, he died and was buried, all right? That's kind of how it ends. But it says he served his own generation, amen, by the will of God. There's that word will, which is actually another Greek word, all right? That one there is boile, uh, okay, which means volition or willpower or purpose of. Uh, by the advice, counsel, or direction of, or the breath of. That's sometimes how it's referring to. God's breathing, counsel, and he followed it. So that's what he refers to as he, he did it by the will of God. It says that he was willing to do it as God led, as God breathed it to him, as God spoke it to him. He was quick to fulfill, regardless of the conditions, do what God had asked him to do, praise God. Now, you know as well as I do that David didn't do everything perfect. David didn't walk everything out. Sometimes, man, I think he lacked a little bit in the area of parenting. 
Sometimes he lacked a little bit in the area of leading. Sometimes, you know, he uh, let his flesh get the best of him. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he got involved in some things he shouldn't have gotten involved in, no doubt about it. But man, when God began to talk to him about things, he was quick to do it, praise God. Now, this particular verse says he was willing, here we go, to serve his own generation. And really, that's kind of one of those reasons that I believe that he was a man after God's own heart. He was willing to make a difference right where he was at. Amen. In fact, this word serve here in verse 36, it just means uh, to be subservient or to assist, help, or administer unto. Amen. To subserve, which means uh, uh, to further another is what it means. Okay. So what it means is he, he was willing to follow God uh, to, uh, to serve his own generation. Now get this, to further another. And to me, this is what we're all called to do. We're called to impact our generation. Now, one of the key words that, you know, at least uh, for me, okay, it's huge. At least maybe, maybe it's just, you know, me that, it, you know, God talks us to a lot, but it's the word influence because we're called to influence. All right. We're called to impact or to imprint on another. As this word here, it says to serve. Amen. It's talking about to help further another. That's exactly what we're called to do as believers. Amen. We're called to make a difference right where we're at. We're called to help further another. And the way you do that is by influence. Amen. By imprinting on another individual. Somehow or another, getting a piece of us in them or on them. Amen. Or somehow causing this vessel here, your own vessel, to somehow shine as a light. Amen. As salt on the earth. Come on now. To make a difference, praise God, in your environment or those around you. Now, I believe Paul was key on that. He, he Nobody probably did it better than Paul. I mean, Paul was uh, is phenomenal in the way that he made a difference everywhere he went. Amen. I believe he was a great uh, 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 example to you and me. I believe with all my heart that uh, uh, he followed the great example in Jesus himself, right? But anyway, the point is, is he was willing to, to in a sense, be the light, be the difference maker, uh, be uh, an impact or to imprint his own generation. And I like how he brought out here talking about David, who David himself, that's what he was. He was just a young man that was used by God to make a difference, praise God. And he took, he took advantage of those moments, praise God. In fact, let's look at one. If we go back to uh, 1 Samuel, hope you're okay and doing all right. Man, I don't want don't to bore nobody there, praise God, all right? So I hope you're all listening up, got ears to hear, praise God. Anyway, in 1 Samuel 22, amen, it says here in verse 1 and 2, it says, David... Therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. Now, if you remember, at this particular time in his life, he's being chased by Saul, King Saul, amen, because of basically, bottom line, just jealousy, uh, envy, you know, and just, you know, knows that David's going to take his spot. So he's out now to kill him. But the word says David fleed, all right, and it said to a place called the cave of Adullam which means a place of insignificance. I thought that was interesting, all right? All right, so to the cave of Adullam, or the place of insignificance, all right? So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him, and everyone, now get this, everyone who is in distress, okay, okay, who was in debt, 
and who was, uh, what, discontented, gathered to him. So, they be, so he became a captain over them, and there were about 400 men with him. Now, everyone who was, here we go, in distress, and it's talking about in some form of inability or limited somehow. So we could say maybe in a sense of uh, physical limitations or physical, uh, well, I'd be good, just physical limitations of one way or another. It said in debt, which referred to uh, more about like a financial limitation and discontented, which really brings down and breaks down to a mental limitation of some form or another, okay? So we talk about that everybody that, that gathered to him somewhere along the line wasn't, you know, wasn't like they all had it all going. You know what I'm saying? They weren't all, they didn't all have it going, uh, you know, in the right direction necessarily. They all had issues. They all had some form of uh, limitation, some form of pressure. But I just want you to know, I, I think this is so key when we're talking about impacting a generation. This man, David, a young man who had already made a name for himself just because of the whole situation with uh, taking out the giant, giant Goliath, all right, he's already started making a name for himself. Well, here he is, you know, being chased by Saul. Amen. And you know as well as I do, there were multiple times in there where David could have just took out Saul. All right, could have just eliminated him. But he didn't. Amen. For the sake of the anointing, praise God. So he made a decision to just steer clear of him. Well, anyway, a bunch of people started chasing after him and want to, want to, you know, want to follow him. All right. Well, he became, it says, a captain over them. All right. That was his choice. He could have said, listen, guys. I, I'm better off by myself. I can keep, uh, keep ahead of Saul, but uh, you know, me wasting time with you is just going to be a waste of time. You know, he could have said that. He could have said, I ain't got time for this. I don't want to, you know, you guys all got issues of your own. Go deal with them yourself. He could have said that. He didn't. All right. Instead, what he did, he saw a need, praise God. He stepped up and recognized that he could be a blessing to them, help them one way or another. So he became, he chose to become their captain, praise God. Now, for whatever it's worth, you need to understand that out of this 400 came out of the might, came the mighty men of David. All right. We're talking about a band of warriors here that all armies feared. Okay. Well, they didn't start out that way. They started out what? In distress, in debt, discontented. I mean, we're talking about they had issues. I mean, their issues had issues. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it was, you know. But anyway, David took them. Amen. And he began to captain them, began to teach them and train them, began to influence them. There's that word, began to impact them, praise God. Amen. To change his own generation. That's what he was talking about there in uh, the book of Acts, praise God, in chapter 13, that David was one that was willing to serve, to impact, to influence his own generation, praise God. He took, he did his part, praise God. God ain't asking any of us to do anything beyond what we're called to do, but understand that everything that we're called to do, amen, involves somehow or another impacting our own generation, praise God. And as I said earlier, praise God, I mean, it may not be the last generation, all right? I mean, a lot of people think that, but of course, you know, they've been talking that for a lot of years, right? So we don't know whether this is our last, the last generation, but you have to understand it's your last generation. You're here. I'm here. We're here to impact. We're here to somehow or another influence, right? Impart is another word for that. Amen. Into the lives of others. That is what we're called to do as a people of God. And God can take somebody insignificant, like a little shepherd boy on the backside of the hill. God could take this 
this guy named Saul, amen, and have, you know, a mighty uh, work happen in him. And God used him to not only reach his generation, but to write down things, amen, that you and me both, amen, have the privilege of reading, amen. And he's still imprinting, impacting lives, praise God, because he was led by the Holy Ghost to write things down, praise God, and which now comes to you and me as the B-I-B-L-E, amen? That's the book for me, praise God. Hallelujah. So that is uh, what's happening even right now uh, from Saul, praise God. Anyway, praise God. So let's look at something here. Let's go back to the book of Acts, hang out a little bit in the book of Acts. This time I want to go to chapter 26 of the book of Acts. Chapter 26. So I want to talk some more about Paul. I could probably preach all day just about David, but I just kind of felt like I need to get back to the book of Acts. Let's look at um, chapter 26, and I'm going to go, um, let's see here. Verse 12 is what I'm going to do. Acts 26 and verse 12. And what we have here, this is Paul um, sharing with King Agrippa. Okay, this, of course, is later on in the book. He's sharing with King Agrippa uh, about his conversion. This is Paul talking about his conversion, okay, which actually, by the way, happened in Acts 9. All right. So while, verse 12, while thus occupied, uh, I, as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, at, and remember he was called to go eliminate those in uh, you know who are of the way, right, or of Jesus, right, at that time. Well, then he has that road to Damascus experience. So here it is at midday, verse thirteen. O King, uh, along the road I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me. Praise God and those who journeyed with me. They amendments. Everybody saw it. And when we had all, or probably when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me, saying in, in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But arise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which you have yet, or which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. In other words, he's getting commission here that you're not just called to the Jewish folk, you're called to the Gentile world, all right? But then he makes a verse, makes a statement. Verse 18, he says, to open their eyes. Now to me, uh, you know, I, I, I guess... You know, again, some things maybe burn more in me because of who I am, what I'm called to do, that kind of thing. I get that. Uh, but as a child of God, man, to me, this is a commission to all of us. Amen. What he's saying to Saul here is a commission to you, to com a commission to me. Praise God. You know, in the Word of God, you know, we all kind of have our favorite book, our favorite chapter, favorite verses, you know. Uh, you know, sometimes we call our refrigerator verse, you know. Uh, and we do. We all have our own thing. And maybe because of what stirs in us or what's, you know, what burns in us is kind of what, you know, what, what determines that. For me, the book of Proverbs is my favorite book. I love Proverbs. Amen. I just love it because it's the, the, the uh, principles that you can apply every day. Amen. So I love Proverbs as a book. 
I love, as I probably have said more times than, than not, you know, to you and others in my church and stuff, that the, the chapter that I love the most in the book of, uh, of, of the Word, pardon me, is the, uh, out of Romans, Romans 8. That's my favorite chapter. But if I could probably, if I probably had to pick a favorite verse, um, it would probably be verse 18 here. Okay, that's why I've mentioned all this, because to me, verse 18 sums up, sums up what we're called to do. It just kind of sums it up. All right. He said, this is what the Lord said. He said, listen, I've called you not to not to uh, necessarily go to the gen or to the Jew, but I called you to go to the Gentile because I want you to do something for me. I want you to open their eyes. I want you, uh, it says here, open their eyes in order to, here we go, turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Now, to me, that's exactly what we're called to do, right? We're called to go out there and open the eyes. Amen. To bring them out of the dark, bring them into the light, take them out of the grip of the enemy. Amen. And put them into the hands of the Lord, praise God. To show them that not only are they released from their past, that their forgiveness of sin, but to point them toward their future, to walk in their inheritance, praise God. And to me, that's what burns in me every day, praise God. And I feel like in my heart, that's what every child of God, if they could get a hold of that, praise God, everywhere they go, they'd make a difference. Everywhere they go, they'd feel they had purpose, praise God. Why? Because it's, you know, it isn't hard to just go out there and open the eyes, praise God. Amen. Purpose to take them out of the dark into the light by being the light, praise God. Purpose to, to, to somehow turn them from the grip of the enemy uh, toward, toward the Lord, praise God. Amen. To somehow reveal to them that they're forgiven, praise God, that their past isn't what holds them back anymore, that they have a future in God. Amen. To me, when you start talking that way, everybody wants to hear that. Amen. It's amazing uh, just by talking that kind of thing. Everybody wants to hear because everybody wants a future. Everyone, everybody wants to know that they have a hope. Amen. Everybody wants to know that there's a destiny ahead. Everybody wants to know that they're released from all that yuck of yesterday and yesteryear. Praise God. I'm telling you, people want the lights on. Amen. Praise God. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand, you know, out there what's going on. I'm not ignorant to any of that, but I've found Amen. That when I go at this thing, that I'm just out there to, to be a difference maker. I'm just out to, to open eyes. Amen. I'm just out to somehow get the lights on, praise God. Somehow or another, you know, cause the, the elevator to go to the top, to cause the bats to fly out of the belfry, praise God. Just somehow or another, open their eyes, praise God. If we can do that, praise God, it's amazing that once you get them to see something, all of a sudden the rest of it comes easy. It's not hard to win people to Christ. Amen. And especially if it's you're pointing them toward a future, praise God. Because everybody wants to succeed. Everybody wants to win, praise God. Everybody wants to know that their future is going to be secure, that it's going to be okay, praise God. Amen. And once you kind of hook them like that, and believe me, I believe that's what, that's what Paul was good at. Amen. Somehow hook, line, and sinker trying to, you know, he puts it out there, hooks them just right, reels them in, praise God, and gives them the gospel, praise God. He was good at it, praise God. And, and Saul was extremely good. Amen. At impacting his generation, praise God. Just like David was great at impacting his generation. And I believe, praise God. Amen. I'm getting excited, but I'm just, I'm believing that you will be great. 
amen, at impacting your generation, praise God. And many of you right now probably are great at it, amen? But regardless, no matter where you're coming from, no matter your background, no matter your education, your financial status, no matter your color, it does none of that matters, amen? Because he can take somebody even out of some insignificant past, insignificant thing, amen, and use them in a great degree to not only reach that generation, but to somehow or another impact generations beyond. Oh, hallelujah. God is good, amen? Let's back up here now a little bit in the book of Acts. Let's go to chapter 17. Hallelujah. Chapter 17. And um, again, we got, we're going to pick up with Paul uh, affecting the lives of others, praise God. And I'm going to, uh, I think I'm going to pick up with like verse 16. Uh, so yeah, verse 16. Now what Paul's in Athens at the moment, it says, Now while Paul waited for them in Athens, his spirit, here we go, was provoked within him. Amen. It was Literally means motivated, all right? It's a word that means to be stirred or aroused, um, motivated, but it literally means to sharpen alongside, which refers to, praise God, being challenged to do their part, sharpened alongside. In other words, I'm, I'm seeing what's happening, but I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the need to change something, do something, handle something, praise God. Amen. He was motivated, praise God. He was provoked, amen. Amen, I said, uh, within himself, and when he saw that the city was given over to idols. Look at that. That's what he saw. He saw the city was given over to idols. Everywhere he looked, you could see idols everywhere. You know, you know, wow. Therefore, he reasoned. I love this. He reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshipers. Now, to, to reason here, uh, dialogue, to, it means to discuss, to reason with. Um, it means uh, uh, to say uh, to to say things thoroughly. Amen. To somehow uh, you know he's not just debating, but he's trying to reason. He's trying to say, "Listen, I'm trying to." What's he doing? Trying to open the eyes. Trying to open the eyes. All right. So here it says he's reasoning in the synagogue. It says, uh, "And in the marketplace daily with those who happen to be there." Now that word "daily" means all manner of, or all means of, or every way or the whole. You think, what? Well, it's talking about he's doing whatever it takes, somehow taking every opportunity he can to even in the marketplace to help somebody, to, to open the eyes, to bring them out of the dark, into the light. Amen. This is what he's doing. So he's taking every means possible. Now get this. Then, uh, then certain uh, Epicurean uh, and Stoic philosophers encountered him, and some said, what does this babbler want to say? And others said, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods. So we got some people, and you know as well as I do, anytime you get enthusiastic about something, I mean, I mean, I don't care, uh, you know, what it is, but man, you start getting excited about the things of God, amen, it, it starts, you know, it, it, it invites envy and, and you know, and uh, courage invites critics. I mean, I don't care what it is. You get kind of pumped up about something and you're going to have those come come that want to hear, and you're going to have those that come that want to somehow war against you. It's going to happen, all right? We're not taking anything about away from that. I understand that. You probably understand that. In fact, most of the time, the reason most people don't pursue doing this 
and keep pushing forward these kind of things is because of uh, the naysayer or because of the negative mouth or becomes uh, uh, the one that's a critic about everything. Amen. My thought is this. You know, years ago when I started sharing my faith, we're talking now back, you know, 30-some years ago, and I started sharing my faith. And, and I remember a couple times, man, uh, talking Jesus with somebody, and they just, they just flat out embarrassed me, okay? I wasn't real founded in the Word yet. And, uh, you know, they said things that just got me all, you know, you know, kefuddled, you know, if that's even a word. But anyway, it got me all kind of scrambled upstairs because they said something. And just, I just didn't know how to answer it. And some people, when that happens to you, they just say, you know what? I ain't going to do that anymore because I just embarrassed myself. But I felt in my heart, you know what? I, I'm not going to let that happen to me anymore. So I, it drove me to the word. It drove me to make sure that everything I share, that I know what I'm talking about. It made me dive into the Word. It made me become, praise God, more proficient with the Word of God. It made me learn the Scriptures. It made me learn the references, praise God. It, it, it caused me, praise God, to get anchored, amen, on what I really believe, praise God. And when that happened, praise God, I had more confidence, had more assurance, amen. I knew that, praise God, that even if somebody uh, warred against me on something, I could say, listen, let me tell you about it, all right? I know here's what the Word of God has to say about it, praise God. I mean, I was more apt to give an answer, praise God, and I found that it would shut the naysayer up. It would shut the critic up, amen? And pretty soon, they just get mad and walk off, which is great, praise the Lord. I mean, if they're not going to get saved, then get out of my way, you know what I mean? But anyway, the point is, it made a difference, amen? And I could have gave up. I could have said, you know what, and I do this, I just get embarrassed. I Well, listen, it may happen in the beginning, but once you get secure in who you are as a child of God, get anchored in the Word of God, amen, flow by the Spirit of God, little by little, praise God, I'm telling you, you make more and more of an impact, more and more of a difference, praise God, you become a greater influence, praise God, and you're scriptural along the way, praise the Lord, <laughs> hallelujah. So anyway, it says here that you, they said he's a proclaimer of foreign gods, which just literally means uh, an announcer or a setting forth, a proclaimer uh, of foreign gods. He, because he, here we go, preached to them Jesus. That word preached, again, is referring to an, an announcement, but it talks about good news, glad tidings. So he was preaching the gospel, the good news, amen. Hallelujah, about Jesus and the resurrection. And they took, uh, and they took him, verse 19, and brought him to the Arapagus, okay, uh, saying many, uh, pardon me, may we know, what this new doctrine of which you speak, for you are bringing some strange things to our ears. And that word bringing means teaching and instructing, okay? So instructing, bringing, teaching some strange thing to our ears. Come on now. Therefore, we want to know what these things mean. So look at that. He just got out there, began to be a light. And what happened? Praise God. All of a sudden now you got a bunch of them that are curious. I mean, it brought out the critic, obviously. It brought out the naysayer, but it also brought out a lot of people who wanted to hear. Amen. Hallelujah. And his word will never return void. Praise God. If you just get it out there, praise God. It's amazing. Yeah, there, there might be, you know, of 10 people, there might be half of them don't want to hear what you have to say. But there might be five of them in that group that want to hear exactly what you have to say. Praise God. Or it might even be greater than that. Amen. And I'm just telling you, if you purpose, amen, to be a difference maker, 
Amen. To be, amen, that difference maker with the word of God, to be the light, to be the salt, praise God. I'm telling you, it begins to make a difference. Amen. A light shining on the hill is going to reach the whole community, praise God. And that's what we want, praise God. Amen. To reach people around us. It says, so for all, verse 21 again, for all the uh, Athenians, okay, and uh, the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else either to tell or to hear some, some new thing. In other words, that's all. They're just looking for new things, right? So then Paul stood up in the midst of the Arapagus, okay, and I don't know if I pronounced that totally right, but anyway, and said, men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. Hmm. Actually, the word actually means superstitious, but uh, or fearful of gods is kind of what it refers to. So it's not just when he's talking about religious, he's not just saying you're, you know, you're all about Jehovah God. He says, I can just see that you kind of got this, this hunger for religiosity, this hunger for different types of religion. Okay, now listen, he said this, for I was passing through and considered, here we go, I love this, talk about an opportunity, talk about a, a, a door opening up here, they give him a, a platform, they give him a place to speak, and he, and he just jumps on it, I love this. All right, he says this, for I was passing through and considered the objects of your worship, so I have see, you see, I have the sun god, the moon god, the god of this and the god of that and the god that does this and the god that does that. But he said, um, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown god. And, and, you know, you can think about what, you know, when they think there's a god for everything, they're thinking, well, just in case we forgot one, we better put one there, even called the unknown god, just in case we forgot one. You know what I mean? That's what they were thinking. And he says, you know what, I'm going to take that as an opportunity and I'm going to use it to my advantage. He said, therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing, him I proclaim to you. God who made the world and everything in it, praise God, since he is Lord and heaven, uh, Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, uh, since he gives to all life, breath, amen, and all things, praise God, or whatsoever, praise God. He's the one that gives us life, amen. In fact, the phrase that we use a lot of times, amen, for in him we live and move and have our being comes out of this same, uh, this same sermon, praise God, amen. Because he's bringing across to them that the God that I'm talking about, that in him is where true life is. Amen. In Him is how we, the life that you can enjoy is in Him. Amen. In Him and move. Hallelujah. It just means to be stirred, to, to go forward, to be motivated, to have purpose. Praise God. For in Him we, uh, we live and we move and we have our being. Praise God. Hallelujah. Which means we have, ex we exist. We have, we have a hope. We have a purpose and a plan. Praise God. And this is the one he talked about. Amen. To the unknown God. That's the one I'm preaching to you, praise God. His name's Jehovah God, amen. That's the one I come to minister to you, praise God. And the point I'm trying to make with all this is Paul, praise God, amen, did whatever it took to make a difference. In fact, earlier in this chapter, I believe it's like verse 6, he t says that he was referred to as the one that comes to turn the world upside down, amen. The one that comes to turn the world upside down. Well, that was Paul. 
I'm here to turn the world upside down. Well, that's you. That's me, praise God. We're here to turn the world upside down, praise God, with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're here to impact our generation. And I guarantee you that when you begin to do that, you will turn this world upside down, praise God. That's what we're destined for, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's go to a, a place, uh, Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. And just, uh, this is what Paul wrote, Philippians chapter 2, hallelujah. Hope you're hearing something here today. Praise God, getting something anyway. Praise the Lord. Philippians 2, and I'm going to go to verse um, verse 15, kind of jumping in the middle of a sentence here, but it says that you may know, or probably that you may become blameless and harmless children of God with one uh, pardon, without fault in the, you notice how the, 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 re, the lettering is getting smaller. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. They, uh, with, uh, let's read it again. Children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. I mean, oh, that's, we see that everywhere we go. A what? A crooked and perverse. It says in the midst, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Now, see, that was what he was commissioned to do by, by the Lord, you know. And we've seen that in chapter 9 of Acts. And, of course, later it talks about it in chapter 26. We see it him in operation in that in the chapters we looked at today, chapter 13. We see it in chapter 17 and many other places. Everywhere he went, amen, he's walking amongst or in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. But he knows I'm a light. I'm going to shine. And I have found, you know, you know, uh, you know, being a difference maker, the road, the road to uh, to make a difference in 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 our world. That road, uh, there's no traffic jams on that road. On that road of difference making, praise God. There's no there's no there's no traffic jams on that road. And my point in that is saying this, okay, that you you get on that road to this purpose to to be a difference maker. I guarantee you, praise God, you can do it. Amen. You can get on that road and keep on driving, praise God. I'm telling you, amen, just shine as a light, praise God. Amen. He says, among whom you shine as lights in the world. And that word here, uh, the word shine, it means to lighten one's surroundings. And it literally means to show or appear or to be seen. But I love that, to lighten one's surroundings. Amen. All right. The word light here means radiant energy that makes sight possible. So what you're doing is everywhere you're going, you are, you are shining the light, amen, to, to lighten, amen, to enlighten or lighten your surroundings in order to so help them to see. And that's exactly what he was commissioned to do. And now he's telling you and me, we're called to do the same thing, praise God. In fact, Jesus said the same thing. Let's go to Matthew 5. Matthew 5. Oh, hallelujah. I get excited about these kind of things. Amen. Matthew 5, and a common text, we're going to go to verse 13. Hallelujah. Matthew 5, verse 13 says, You are the salt of the earth. Amen. Seasoning, right? A difference maker. You know, when salt's on the food, you can tell. It, it just, you know, it, it just it seasons it. It makes a difference. That's what it's referring to. You are salt you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? In other words, it's lost its purpose, right? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. What that just refers to is that 
Sometimes salt, old salt was used to sterilize ground. You know, they put it on pathways and stuff like that to sterilize the ground to keep, you know, weeds and grass and everything to grow up there. So they would throw the old junk salt out and, and throw it onto the ground. It would sterilize the ground. Well, what he's saying here is this. You're called to be seasoning, to be a difference maker in your community. You're not called to just be something that's to be trampled underfoot. See, a lot of Christians forget the fact that they're the seasoning. Okay, in fact, they just think that they're, you know, they're just, you know, waiting for Jesus to come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. And, and in the meantime, they've done nothing but basically sterilize the ground wherever they've been. Listen, you're not called to sterilize ground. You're called to be seasoning, difference maker in the lives of others. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. There's that same, same word. Amen. Radiant energy making sight possible. Praise God. You are the one. Amen. You are the one. You are the light, right? He said, I was the light. He said, if you follow me, you can become the light. Amen. Uh, amen. Amen. So now your light in the earth, come on, your light on this planet, praise God. Everywhere you go, you're there to bring sight or make sight possible. Praise God. You are radiant energy making sight possible. He said this, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. In other words, you get it up on a hill, it's going to bring light to everybody. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. You know, I love this little light of mine, right? Okay, anyway. Uh, so anyway, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it where? On a lampstand, right? And it then gives light to all who are in the house. Praise God. So in other words, light is meant to shine out to eliminate, in fact, many places in the scripture talk about where the light shines, dark has to flee. It all has to go, praise God, all right? And that's what the idea, get the light on. Verse 16, let your light so shine before men. I love this. Let your light shine before men. Amen. Why? Well, that they may see your good works. In other words, there ought to be something in your life they do see, praise God. You know, the thing I want to say, I'm just going to throw this out here. Our walk in God, um, it is personal, right? I mean, your your time with God, your your communication with God, uh, your you know your intimacy with God, how you serve God, it becomes a very personable thing, right? I mean, I'm not I'm not taking away from any of that, but nowhere in here, okay, nowhere in the scriptures does it talk about your your little light. Come on now, that's just a personal thing. Your light is to be, amen, not just a personal thing. Come on now. But it, it ought to be something, praise God, that's broadcasted out there. Amen. Not personal. Amen. Hallelujah. Not just private. Come on now. It needs to be something, praise God, that's out there. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, praise God for the personal walk. Praise God for the the the, the, the walk you have with God that's that's you and Him. Praise the Lord. I'll take away from that. But see, your walk in God is not just personal. Amen. And it's definitely not just private. Everything about your life is going to be seen. So you might as well shine your light, give them something good to look at. Praise God. You know, I've had people come up to me and say, well, I just wish they'd stop, stop judging me. Stop looking at me like that. Well, they're going to. I want to tell you. It's why they need to stop it. No, not, you know, really, to be honest, just give them something good to look at. If you give them something good to look at, amen, then, then that's all they can say about you, praise God. And, you know, there might be some that lie. There's no doubt about it because some do lie. But I've found that most of the time, if you just give them something good to look at, 
Amen. Then, it, then they see your good works and they begin to bring glory. To, it begins to bring glory to God. Amen. That's what it's about. Praise God. So don't just make everything so little private and personal. Amen. Get it out there. Praise God. Amen. Don't put a put your light under a uh, you know under a basket. Praise God. Get it out there on a lampstand where all in the house can see. Amen. Be a city that's lit up on top of the hill and it brings light to the whole valley. Praise God. That's what it's about. Praise the Lord. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Praise God. Hallelujah. Brings glory to God. Let me give you a couple of the references. All right. And then I'll let you go here. First uh, Peter chapter 2, please. Just some key verses about being the light. Amen. Uh, verse 9 of uh, uh, 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2, verse 9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. In other words, some, I think the old King James says a peculiar people, praise God, but it just means someone special. Amen. That you may proclaim, here's, here it is now, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, praise God, or a special people. What do you do? Well, you're called to proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. So you've been called into the light to be the light, praise God. First Thessalonians. Let's, let's look at that real quick. Real quick here. Hallelujah. Hope you're getting something. Amen. Chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 5 says, You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Now, that might be who you used to be. That is not who you are now. You are light, praise God. You are sons of and daughters of light, sons and daughters of the day, praise God. You're children of God, hallelujah. Called to shine, hallelujah. Be a difference maker. Be, uh, praise God, an environment influencer, an atmosphere adjuster, praise God. A suburb swear, community changer. That's who we're called to be. Praise God. Amen. Let me give you one more out of Ephesians 5, please. Amen. Ephesians 5. And most of these are verses, except other than the one in 1 Peter there, but most of these are something that Paul wrote. Amen. Verse 8 of chapter 5 of Ephesians says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And this word walk means to live life, uh, to walk about to be occupied with, but get this, to follow as a companion, praise God. And just like Jesus said, if you follow me, amen, I'll take you out of the dark into the light, amen. And everywhere you go, you can continue to be light, praise God. I hope you got something today. Father, I give praise and glory once again for your word. Thank you for a people that had an ear to hear, a heart to receive. And for that, I give you praise in Jesus' name, amen and amen. I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO Victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.